Iowa everywhere. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the Channel Seed Studios. Channel Seed Studios. This is Jared and Jabo and Iowa everywhere. Where? Jared. Jared Stansberry. Jared Stansberry. Jordan Bohannon. Jordan Bohannon. Together on Iowa everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Welcome to the podcast, Channel Seed Studios. Jared Stansberry. What's up, Jordan Bohannon? Hi, Jared. It is a. Uh, Man, I'm not saying this is the flu game because these are different kind of circumstances, but the air conditioner in my house is broken. I'm I'm down bad, bro. Oh, it's like 100 today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The thermostat the other day said that it was 81 degrees in the house. I've been sweating, dude. I just, I just got a rind on me, you know? You do look a little grimy now that – I see like you, I feel like you have a little sweat on your little press uh, on my brow, bro. You know, I feel like a, like a baseball pitcher right now. I got to wipe my brow and rub it up on the ball, do all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm down bad. And hey, I have the a leather chair. You're here, you're here though. Chair. You're 10 toes down. Like you're, you're committed. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Cause I'm a gamer. I'm a yep. gamer. I know what time, what time it is. It's uh, and it's time to go. Uh, what's been going on this last week, dude. How's everything going? Um, went up to the lake with my, my girlfriend and starting doing some workouts with these kids in the area. I'm excited, man. I, I think this is kind of the first time I've done like these, like individual sessions, like consistently, you know, like have the same group for like the whole summer. Um, I mean, it's something small, but man, I, I, I think it's so cool. You know, I've been to the Y up here in Spirit Lake a couple of times and seeing like the kids, they just got out of school and watching them play basketball, like out there um it's so cool man to look back and like like i'll brag a little bit just like how far i've come to because i i feel like I, I was exactly one of those kids out there just chucked up shots at the y and now like you know i have some kids coming up to me and asking for pictures and autographs in this area it's just it's a cool feeling man like it's something i've you know hopefully i've inspired a younger generation and then it's it's cool to see like i was literally one of those kids that are there now it's, it's a really cool feeling you got any young hoopers to tell us about? Hopefully after the summer, man, I got a group of five I'm working out here. So maybe we'll have a, the next Michael Jordan come out of Okaboji, Iowa. Man, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> of all places. Of all places. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, we've got plenty to get to on the show today. Uh, Gary Barta uh, announcing his retirement from the University of Iowa uh, late last week. 
uh, a phenomenal news dump on a Friday, like in the morning, right before a three day weekend. But uh, what did you think of, of the news of Gary Barter's retirement? You know, it's funny. I was golfing at Finkbine, the University of Iowa's course on campus that Thursday. And I was playing with uh, Coach Sparrow, one of my uh, old assistants at Iowa, who's retired now. And we're coming off ten, the 10th hole, and we're looking for my ball, of course. Um, and it's left in the in the first hole fairway. And of all people, it's Gary Barta with some um, some powerful people in, in the university um, that are donors. So I got to meet them. And he seemed super cool, man. Like, he wasn't, like worried about anything like he was all uh, easy going obviously you're on a golf course you don't have a lot of emotion out there but we talked to him for like 10 to 15 minutes and probably held some people up behind us but i was shocked because it was funny we we end up talking to him and i was like coach bro you think uh you think his, his time's coming like when he's going to retire because you know he's been there for 17 years i don't think that's talked about enough ad is hardly ever there for that long at, at a school so that alone, I was like, Sprue, you think you think it's time that he's he's calling it quits? And literally then within twenty four hours it happens. So maybe he decided during that round of golf, he's like, you know what? I've had enough. Yeah. I'm just gonna play out. golf. Not cut yeah. out for it. But I don't know, man. I I think his, you know, we see we see a lot of people. I'm sure Iowa state fans have, have their own opinion on him um, and you as well. But, you know, I saw Chris Hassel say some stuff about him and, you know, he was, he's always been a very, very fair man to me, um, to anyone I know that have, has interacted with him. He's always been a very fair man. And um, when he's, I I think what gets lost is how great he's made the athletics department, the university of Iowa, because it's truly special, right? Like the the teams he's had, like from field hockey all the way up to football, like he's, he's prepared a very, very good athletic department program. Like the program as a whole university of Iowa, I don't think has ever been a better place from sport to sport. Right. But what's get lost in it is, and it's really shameful is what's happened to me between the lines, right? Like with the lawsuits, obviously the gambling incident right now is kind of sending him his way out as it, as it feels like, but he's been, he's been a very, very successful AD, very accomplished AD. He's done a lot. You know, obviously he's on the committee for the playoff, the college football playoffs as well. I think everything in between the lines has gotten lost into how successful he's been. I mean, you, and you kind of have to be right for 17 years, Jerry, to be at a power five school as an athletic uh, director. That that's, that's impressive as it's own. So, I mean, I wish him his, the best, like I said, he's always been a fair man to me always been grateful for my opportunity to play there and um, curious to see who they hire next. Yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, the lawsuits and things like that obviously are, are significant black guys. Like, I think that's why people, that's their first thought, you know, and I'm not arguing, I'm not going to argue with you that he hasn't built a good athletic department because he absolutely has, but it just is, there's some of those things that it's hard to overlook, you know, when you're, looking at the culture of a place, I guess, I don't know, like, but I don't know him, you know, so it, it's hard for me to say that with any certainty, but just as an outsider, it just is like, yeah, you've, you've had success, but you've also had some things that, you know, really didn't make the school look very good. 
Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not denying any of those. Obviously the lawsuits happen. There's been settlements. There's been issues with the, within the own, right? Like Brian Ferentz's contract, like amendment, that's something that's we've never heard of in the athletic an athletic history really of a mm-hmm. offensive coordinator being held to a certain standard points wise where he's fired. So, I mean, you look at down the lines, there were all those little things that built up through the years that has taken away the spotlight of his. But um, like I said, again, you know, it's hard. It's obviously easy to dwell on what's happened, right. With the, with the cons of him being the AD, but um, there definitely is some applause to behold, right. Still with all the allegations that have occurred in, in the lawsuits that, you know, he's hired Kirk Ferentz, whether Iowa fans like him or not. He's one of the most long tenured coaches in college football history. And he's he one of the, he, he didn't hire Kirk Ferentz. Hey, well, you're, you're right. You're right. But okay. He hired Fran McCaffrey though. Yeah. He hired Fran McCaffrey. I forgot. I mean, that's the point right there though. Like Kirk, Kirk Ferentz is a really good football coach and he's, he's had him under his wing for 17 years. Right. So all through all the ups and downs, I think the fact um, other hires, right? Fran McCaffrey, we talked about, um, all the other sports that had success in its own where I, I can't name all their coaches that that's been hired under his oversight. I think there is a lot to be applied for his, um, his time at Iowa, but obviously with accomplishments, there's always failures. Obviously the facilities too did a great job with all the facilities right? in fundraising. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what that job's about. You know, it's about being able to rally that fundraising and, and that's what he was really good at. It just is. Yeah. I, uh, it'll be interesting to see who they hire. We got to figure out who Brian, who Brian Ferentz's new boss will be. Well, that's the thing too. It, it's this, this retirement Jared is coming at such a bizarre time, which makes me feel like, a, he was just done with everything that was happening or B there's some internal issues that were forcing him out. Right. Like with the, with the time of everything, the gambling incidents, Brian Ferentz, um, even, I mean, you can throw Kirk Ferentz in there with people wanting some uh, kind of a, a new, um, kind of style with their football team after so many years. I mean, it just could be coming at a really bizarre time. Um, I mean, he's, he's pretty powerful AD. He's one of the most powerful ADs I think in the country right now with what he's held with the football committee and how long of a tenure he's been with the big 10. And it'll be interesting for whoever comes next to, because there's just the reality that they're going to probably have to hire some new coaches here in the not so distant future, you know, in some high high profile sports, just with some of their coaches getting older. Exactly. I mean, Kirk Ferentz and Fran, those are two guys that the next ADs are going to have to hire and they're, I mean, those two sports obviously are the revenue producing sports for every university on camp on in the country on campuses. And those are the two most important hires that, I mean, those, those two sports, I mean, you look at it from a sport instance, Jared, but you also got to look at it from a tuition point, right? Like a lot of kids go to schools because of sometimes how awesome their basketball and football programs are. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that college lifestyle. So that, that, that shapes your whole university right there with those two hires what uh what kind of qualities would you like to see in the next ad you know i, I tweeted about it a little bit after it happened of course the news happens right after we we record i swear i swear I, we have like some bad juju with our podcast with headlines but um we need a guy that that is as much as i dislike the cyclones when with my time in iowa i, I think their ad is a wonderful example of someone that is 
that is strong ties to the university, obviously that has, um, he stands up for his, um, what he believes in. Right. And I think he's been really strong at NIL, a guy like that. And I think that's the most important quality when you're looking for a new AD is a guy that's strong at NIL that is willing to adapt and change. And I'm going to say that again is willing to adapt and change. If someone is not willing to adapt and change in this environment, college athletics, they're setting up the university for failure. That's number one. That's the number one priority. If they want to be stuck in their own ways, they don't want to fix anything that's going to be changed by either legislation or um, the NCAA as a whole, their program's going to be left in the dust. I mean, everyone knows that now. And I, I think there's instances already with certain universities in Iowa that have adapted and they've changed quickly. Iowa could have been one of those schools, but for whatever reason, they're, they're delayed. And that's something, another failure that occurred under the Barter administration. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that anybody who wants one of those jobs in today's climate uh, has to be willing to work with those things, you know, otherwise it, hiring anybody who is not willing to work hard on those things feels like a massive administration failure, frankly. Yeah. I mean, and you, and you look at too the many legislations that's been passed through NIL, right. You know, I, I, I always look back at my experience when I was going through my last year, I was debating on coming back. Right. And I was fighting for NIL legislation to occur within the state of Iowa. And for whatever reason, I didn't have enough backing. Right. And that, that can go as another instance of someone that's strong enough to adapt and change and want, want, uh, college athletes to have truly have the best experience and the best experience for these college athletes are going to be an AD that is willing to adapt and change. And they're willing to hold the college athletes, their voices higher than themselves. And for whatever reason, ADs nowadays are, they're, they're not willing to do either of those two and a lot of universities across the country. And that's why I pride Iowa state's AD because I think he's been very strong on willing to, accept change and willing to listen to their college athletes, listen to these NIL collectives um, and want them to do what's best for these college athletes. So I, I do, I do give them a lot of applause. I think they, they were really fast moving on a lot of instances when NIL was happening. Why do you feel that hasn't happened at Iowa? Lots of words for me, man. Like it, it, it kind of hurts me personally because, and that's a great question because I fought so hard for NIL and I'm not the only one. Like there's Geo Baker, Isaiah livers. There's many athletes across the country that helped me many athletes previously, but I feel like we we're the first people that kind of made it public. And, um, we met with NCAA president, obviously all this stuff. And that was right in the backyard of Iowa. Right. Like I was, I was a, I was a current student athlete at Iowa. And I knew all these changes that were going to occur. Like we had meetings where I, I tried to pass legislation, I was working at, when I, when I was passed, I was working with NCPA and the national college player association to pass other legislation lobby and help other schools across the country to have good bills for the, for their own States. Um, so their college athletes are protect, protected, but for whatever reason, I stayed, I, I didn't have any personal contact with really anyone at the university of Iowa when we were going through this process. And I'm not saying I would have changed it me personally, but I would offer some sort of expertise to want the university to succeed. It's not like I'm an athlete here that wants only basketball to be 
to have a success. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's a tough question to answer for me because I, I hold university so true to my heart and I want them to do well from sport to sport. I wonder, uh, or just what do you think about now how every state, it seems like is making changes to their NIL laws constantly, uh, updating them, not always probably for the best reasons, more for their own competitive reasons than for the actual benefit of athletes. What do you, yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? Like that's obviously becoming a pretty significant issue across the country as just more and more states do these things. I know Missouri's done it. I know Arkansas has done it. I think uh, Texas has made some changes to their law. I mean, and it's all in the name of competition more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, you look at these legislators that are passing these bills locally and um, statewide, they're, they're fans of their universities, right? They either went to their school or they, and they want their schools to succeed economically and they want them to succeed sports wise because that will help the whole state in the end, right? Looking at a macro perspective at all. Um, so they're smart from that aspect. A lot of these guys are passing bills that are less um, restrictive on these college athletes. Now there's some that are still kind of restrictive and um, be, be part-time with NCPA. We've worked at, with several athletes across the country on them backing certain bills in their, in their state. Like Georgia had a, they had a clause in their NIL bill where I, th I don't know the exact percentage, but a certain percentage of the NIL um, compensation was going to be sent back to other athletes across the, the campuses on other sports, which makes no sense at all. Who else goes out in the public and make money for themselves and they have to give it back to their work, wherever who they work for? That doesn't make any sense. It's not fair. So that's something we try to help and change, like little wording like that across the country. Um, for the most part, a lot of these legislators are smart, right? Florida did the same thing. They made an amendment that they had a kind of a little too restrictive uh, college athlete bill. Granted, they're one of the first ones that introduced it way back then, but um, they're smart. They want their schools to succeed. And if that means giving their college athletes more or uh, more protections and more opportunity to make money, legislators, legislators are smart. They're, they know what they're doing, man. But NCA, they don't want that to happen. There's certain ADs that still don't want that to happen because they're not lighting their own pockets anymore. So, um, I, I think, I think in, in the end, there's going to be some, it's going to be the same thing with employment status. And I, just like how the NIL legislation was brought out, there's going to be a state that passes something and all these other legislators want to jump on it because it's going to hurt their schools if they don't. How do you feel about this? The schools that are rolling their collectives into their foundations now? That's something I, I think we talked about a, a couple months ago when it started becoming way more um, production across the country. It's something I didn't expect to be so tied to the universities. And I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. When you look at NIL, you look at going out into the public, working with businesses and making money, which I'm not saying NIL collectors are, aren't doing that. It's just more tied to universities. And in turn, it's hurting the transfer portal and people wanting to go to these schools and hurting chances like Iowa and Iowa State to get some of these athletes because they don't have the strongest foundation as like an Alabama or an Arkansas or SEC school. Texas A&M is the big one that I know yeah. of has done it. Yeah. Right. Texas A&M too. So from that aspect, a uh, uh, more restriction, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, even though I've been such a proponent of college athletes being paid as much money as they can. There needs to be some restriction for that because universities shouldn't be so tied to making NIL deals for these athletes. That should be something that's personally done by those athletes because 
businesses want to work with that athlete because they're, they're great people or they're great ambassadors for the program, not because they want to transfer to the school and make money by the NIL collective. I don't think that's how it should work. And I think legislation will, will make that a little better. Do you think that this can help lead to the employment thing though? If, uh, if it is more closely tied to the schools, but I, I, cause I don't know that the, I just don't know if some of the inducement activity things go away under any, like, unless you've got some sort of structured contracts in place. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Again, we've talked about that too. Uh, structured contracts and having employment status is the only way forward, right. For this to all intertwine and work with NIL. There's always going to be inducements though. I mean, we know that everyone, anyone that has a common sense in sports in general, whether professionally or collegially, even in high school, there's incentives for anything to go anywhere. Just like you're in the workforce. Like there's going to be different inducements to go work at company A compared to company B that has to happen because that's how the competitive market set up for any industry. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have inducements because the better schools are going to get the better players. Like they always have. That's not, that's something that hasn't, that's not new um, idea. That's always happened since the start of the NCA. All right. So I know Nick Saban's had some interesting things to say that you wanted to react to, but before we do that, I wanted to talk about hinterland, uh, hinterland music festival, August 4th through 6th, uh, coming up down in St. Charles, Iowa. Didn't we talk about this one day? We did, right? Yeah. Hi, you talked about how a big Zach Bryan fan I am, dude. And I'm going to his concert in Sioux Falls, man. And he's at, he's in St. Charles, I think too. Yeah. He's going to be at hinterland. Yeah. Yeah. August 4th through the 6th in St. Charles. Uh, not only will he be there, but Bonnie Vare will be there, uh, who's been a, a big act for a long time. Maggie Rogers, uh, Sylvan Esso, Noah Can, Orville Peck, Wallows, Angel Olsen. I think I'm going to try and pull up for this. Uh, this should be a, a really good time. You can get your tickets, camping passes right now, hinterlandiowa.com. Uh, yeah, Zach Bryan is one of the biggest acts out there right now. So for them to be able to get him is is absolutely huge. He's selling out everywhere. Like I was in a lottery to get his tickets for his personal tour. Like the fact he's doing a tour in Des Moines, I don't think people realize how big of a name Zach Bryan is now. He is like, he's going to be like the ultimate guy in country music. He already is. Yeah. And that's going to be a really good time. We're going to keep telling you guys more about it here uh, over the next month or so here on the podcast. That's August 4th through the 6th uh, in St. Charles, Iowa. Find out more, buy tickets at hinterlandiowa.com. Uh, you had the quotes from Nick Saban, uh, that you wanted to react to. He had some interesting things to say about NIL and the the world of college sports today. Uh, what do you got for me? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, since we're on the college athlete, um, protections, I, all, everything that we're talking about, I mean, this is just fits in perfectly for the AD talk and granted, I think coach Saban, before I read this quote, Coach Saban's in such a weird position, Jared. Like, he can literally do whatever he wants because he has such a hard backing by the university. He has such a hard backing by his track record. Like, his record speaks for itself, who he puts in the NFL, who he recruits, how many national championships he has, how many times they get to the playoffs. So it's not odd that he's making a quote like this, but um, they had an SEC uh, – I don't know the exact event it was, but it was – The SEC. meetings, yeah, their SEC yeah. spring meetings, yeah. Yeah, and – he had a lot of a bunch of these quotes, but the one that struck me is he, he said to the reporter, it's not really a business. It's revenue producing and nobody takes a profit. I don't know how these coaches can continually stand up there up here 
Can, say, can you say uh, it again? Can you say it again? I, I don't understand what he's trying to say. He said, this is talking about, they, uh, I don't know the exact question, but it was uh, talking about NIL, um, NL, the National Labor uh, Relations Board had a complaint that was finally filed actually by our company, uh, by our organization, CPA, about employment status essentially for uh, the state of California. So there's this topic was being brought up in this press conference. And make the quote short, he said, it's not really a business, it's revenue producing and nobody takes a profit. Try to try to explain that quote to me, Jared. Explain it to me like I'm five. Okay. I think he's trying to say it produces revenue that is in turn spent. Right. So there's no profit. There's right. no profit. There's just revenue. But here's the thing. He's making $11 million a year. 11, Jared. Do you think Nick Saban's doing $11 million worth of work? I would argue yes, actually. Yes, I would. <laughs> I would. I think actually there's a case to be made that Nick Saban may be underpaid, frankly. <laughs> yeah, right. But that doesn't mean it. How are you going to stand up there and say that, though, when you're making $11 million? Yeah. Well, yeah, no. there certainly is a way to to, you know, that we could sit there and say, well, it could be a, pro a profit producing thing. If you guys didn't waste your money, you right. know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll end up reading this whole quote here. Cause this will, this will fit in perfectly. He goes, we reinvest every cent that gets made into, into two non-revenue sports, two scholarships to a lot of things that create a lot of opportunity for a lot of people, which is really, really good. So we're not talking about the same thing. It's not really a business. It's revenue producing and nobody takes a profit. All the money gets reinvested in other opportunities for other people, whether it's facilities, whether it's scholarships, whether it's opportunities for people to play. Yeah. Okay. So I actually, I do understand what he's trying to say there, but I, I don't, I get where you're coming from too. It's like, and again, it comes back to if the athletic departments didn't waste their money on yeah. spending, giving ridiculous salaries and things like that, then this would not be, that would not be a problem, you know? Yeah. But the problem is that these people are making all of this money that, then in turn, it's like, yeah, think how many more opportunities you guys could give to student athletes if they didn't pay you million, $11 million, Nick, you know? And on top of, I mean, the COVID year is a perfect example of how crappy these universities are with their money, right? Like how they took one, granted it is a once in a lifetime global pandemic, like it or not, argue or not, a pandemic did happen. All this stuff happened with these schools, shutdowns everywhere. And how much was Iowa? They were out 55, $60 million um, because of the, the lockdown. I think that they're, yeah, they have like a debt service. That's like 245 million. Yeah. And it's tied back to non-athlete athletic department, right? Like it's tied to taxpayers money to tuition paying dollars. Right. I believe so. The, the loan that was taken out is through a different department. Like that right there is idiotic to me. Like you're spending how much money on these salaries, how much money on all these athletic administrator salaries. And we're down that much money on all these facilities as well. And some of these facilities are great, right? They help recruitment and their inducements, but these athletes still get nothing. Like you, even with the scholarships they get Jared, it is essentially bare minimum for what they should, what they should be paid. I saw something last week that was about the, 
it was like a it was a tweet about debt services in college athletics, like how much debt different schools have, how different athletic departments have. I was was like uh, it was I don't know top five, top ten somewhere in that range. Uh, number one was Cal. They had like half a billion dollars in debt service because they had to renovate their stadium. Get this shit, dude. Their stadium, their football stadium, is built on a earth like on a on a uh, on on a fault like on a reservoir like a fault reservoir or whatever it's called. You know, like a fault line. There could be an earthquake that could split their football stadium literally in half. <laughs> The football line, the football field runs right down a fault line. Who, whose idea was that? You know what's crazy? They thought it was so cool. They're like, "Hey, let's build the, let's build it right on the fault line. We'll, we'll attract so many people." I bet that's they thought exactly. It was, they thought it was so cool that they then spent half a million, half a billion dollars renovating the stadium to keep it in the same location. Yeah, it's crazy. That's but that but that as as idiotic that sounds I I guarantee you there's numerous other insane whether facilities like certain aspects of how that's similar to a lot of these other schools and how they deal with their money too like how they spend their money you can find hundreds I bet out of some of these Power Five conferences. Do you think if there was an earthquake in the middle of a Cal football game, it would be like the scene in the Dark Knight when, oh or in, in the Dark Knight Rises when Bane comes out onto the field and Heinz Ward falls into the or scores a touchdown as all the players fall into the hole behind him? I'm not gonna lie, that's one of my favorite movie scenes ever. Oh, all time great movie scene, all time. Yeah. The great. guy, the guy's just running with a football and everything's collapsing behind him. It's Heinz Ward, isn't it? Was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah. NFL or Super Bowl champion Heinz Ward. Yeah. Well, he didn't run fast enough. Well, he did. He he made the end zone. Oh, didn't he? He nobody else. Ball? Yeah, nobody else. No. I thought made it. Yeah, should have had the ball. Should've, that could have been. That's what's going to happen at Cal. Well, until now, it, I saw they did build this new thing that made it to where the stadium will flex back and forth if there's an earthquake. Mm. Well, at least they spent their money a little more reasonably. <laughs> Let's build a flexible football stadium on a fault line. They basically made a football stadium into a waterbed and it'll just rise up on one side when the earth just starts shaking. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, all right. You got anything else that you want to add before I've got one more story for you? <sighs> I think I got after everything off my chest. I feel like I talk a lot that episode. You're, you're good. I got one more story for you. Oh, and, nice. and, uh, I was gonna and, say, Jared needs some insight here. No, you're, you're I, good. I, I do you, want you're to on a roll, you. dude. I do yeah. want to ask you, I want to go back to the AD um, talk a little bit before mm -hmm. we, we get into these stories. Do you think it's, it's hard to word this correctly, politically correct, I guess you could say. Do you think Gary Barta's time at Iowa was reasonably, like there's a reason behind some of these lawsuits? I don't know how to explain this. Like, Do, do I think that they were substantiated? Yes. Yes. I would say by and large, most of them were probably substantiated. One of them even went all the way to trial, didn't it? Yeah. One of them did, but here's and they lost in court. Yeah. 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 And that was the one that made up the majority of the whatever 15 million, right. Yeah. That they had to award in damages. Yeah. I, I I'll admit, I thought there this isn't funny. It was ironic that earlier you said all the success they've had everywhere from field hockey on down and field yeah. hockey is the sport that 
hey, they, they did have, they did have success at field hockey. <laughs> They, did, they, just, they, did. they just took a little bit of failures to get to that success. Yeah, failures. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> just a little bit of casual discrimination. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I feel like there's a, there's so much. I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not rooting on the side of Gary Barty here for how that was handled. Iowa dealt with so much shit with his time at Iowa. Like it's crazy to think about, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to even wrap my head around even my time there with, I don't know, man. Like you were there for 17 years. Like I'm surprised even after. I mean, you were there for most of it. So yeah, I mean, I was there for half basically, (laughs) basically. I don't know though. It's like, I do understand at that, at that level, how much power you have. I do agree. Like if there's that much that occurs under your wing, which makes it me surprised. Like he was there for 17 years, I guess is what I'm getting at. I think there's a lot of people who are surprised. Yeah. And I think that's why people have said what they have is that there's a probably pretty strong case to be made that it was long overdue, frankly, you know, I don't, I, I, and that doesn't take away from your experience. Like I'm sure he is a perfectly fine person, you know, like I've never interacted with Gary Barta. So it's like, but so that doesn't take away from your perspective, but it's also, I, I think there can be a reality that, you know, it was just time. You know. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't know. I was just curious because obviously you're from the outside, like you're on the other side of Iowa State, so you guys know everything from a totally different perspective, other than being a Hawkeye. So, if it felt like at some point this is the last thing I say, I felt like it was some point after the the last lawsuit. Um, the I don't even know who ended up filing it, but uh, the racial bias or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That was, um, after settled. they settled that one. Yeah. Yeah. It almost felt like he was on the way out one within that, but two, like people were kind of just done with how everything was being handled after that point, like within around him, like people were just ready for a, a new voice with the university of Iowa. Well, and I think with the way that they tried to settle it and have it be paid by the state, right. Too, that yeah. didn't help anything either. You know, yeah. it was just a tough situation. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get taxpayers to pay for something that yeah they definitely really didn't have anything to do with. Yeah, exactly. I think it was just one of those things where it's just time, you know, yeah. there's been enough stuff that is, has popped up. It was, it was certainly time. Uh, all right. My one more story I got for you. Uh, this comes from the associated press, the headline beloved New York Swan babies rescued after mother was eaten. Police say, Oh, uh, the village of, Manlius in upstate New York is mourning the loss of Faye, a swan who was stolen from the town's pond over the weekend, along with her four signets, signets, the signets or baby or baby swans. Apparently, signets, signets, yeah, C Y G N E T A N E T S, signets, baguettes, or or baby swans were recovered from official, but officials say the mama swan was eaten. The mother swan was consumed, Manlius Mayor Paul Warhol said Wednesday. Sad to say, but that's what they did. Three teenagers were arrested Tuesday on charges including grand larceny and criminal mischief in connection with the swan napping, Manlius Police uh, Sergeant Ken Hatter said. Apparently, these kids stole the town swan and ate it. They ate the swan? They ate the swan. 
No, that's that's messed up, dude. Is that illegal? Can you eat swan? Wow. You can, is that, dude. It is, the first thing that popped up on here says, it is not treason to kill a swan and it doesn't carry the death penalty. What is that? Treason? Why do we jump to treason? Like Why don't overthrowing a government? Why don't we eat swans? Uh, wait, wait, wait. How do we jump to treason with from that? I don't know. Apparently they're like really special in the UK. Oh, well, we don't care about the UK. We are America already dealt with that. See unlike the UK, UK <laughs> unlike the UK, in the US, it's perfectly legal to hunt swan if you have the right permits, but people still don't eat them. I would imagine that it's perfectly legal to hunt swan unless you're hunting the swans that would like were brought to New upstate New York. They're not native birds of upstate New York. Uh they I think are considered to be an invasive species, even. Uh and now probably not legal to hunt those and eat them Who but i think there are that? other places yeah i don't know that's just is a weird thing that's just a weird thing i i've never heard of anybody eating swan before how old were they the hunting teenagers? and cooking swans tundra what? swans are legal game in six states but hunting and cooking them is controversial because swans are loaded with cultural baggage what does this come this comes from hunter gather cook cultural Honest. baggage what are we talking about I have, I have no idea. You can hunt swans in Utah. All right. Well, they do they do things a little differently down in Utah, Jared. We know that. I'm baffled. I didn't know there was a bird you can hunt or kill or eat. All three. Okay. So apparently in the Bible, it says that swan, eating swans is unclean. Leviticus eleven eighteen. There you go. That's why we don't eat swans. It's unclean. I'll be honest. I'm confirmed Catholic. I don't remember ever reading anything about a. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember ever being told. Right, well, now, eat swans. We, now we got to look up Levit Leviticus eleven eighteen. Dude, there's no way. That's in the Bible. Yes. All right. Uh, let me re let me read it. It has a whole list of things. You must not eat any of the following birds. Eagles, owls, hawks, falcons, buzzards, vultures, crows, ostriches, seagulls, storks, herons, pelicans, comorants, hoopoes, and bats. Okay, that. Okay. I and mean, the swan and the pelican. All those and are the horned fair. owl. I mean, who's gonna we wouldn't eat any of those things. We wouldn't eat any of those things. No, a normal person wouldn't eat a, those, those birds. Is a bat a bird? No, but apparently by the definition in the Bible. Uh, I mean, in, in, you know. What is wrote it, the Bible. Man? It's a... Aren't they mars... Uh, marsupials or whatever? They're like kangaroos, aren't they? They're just mammals, it says. Oh. Dude, I'm shocked. Wow. I didn't know you were going to throw this news on me. Yeah, they killed and they they hunted it down, but they saved the babies. They saved the babies at least. So the police saved the babies, or the kids saved the babies. I think they did. The kids just didn't eat the babies, and then the police saved them. 
Oh, they just said we can eat a swan, but we can't have the baby. That's where that's where we're gonna cross the line, guys. Yeah, we'll Don't draw the line the at the baby swans. Yeah, draw the line. <laughs> Don't eat the babies. But Don't take your swan. swan to New York. Don't take now your the, swan. Now the swans are orphans. R.I.P. What was its name again? Faye. Yeah, R.I.P. Faye. Rest in power. Not bad. Hey, those kids though. Is that a felony? What is that? I can't imagine it's a felony. I, I wouldn't think so. Are they being... Yeah, it's treason. <laughs> Committed treason against the, against uh, Manlius in Manlius, New York, the village of Manlius. Wow, they're getting the chair for eating a swan. Wow. Oh, and they have it has a mate named Manny. Oh. Now Manny has to has to swim by himself. <sighs> Where was this at? New York. It was upstate New York. Yeah. I was going to say, if it was in Utah, Manny would just probably find someone new. What, you think Manny's a, Manny's a, city, probably, Manny's a city boy? No, well, no, I'm saying like if there were in Utah, it, it would be likely that the swan was a Mormon. Yeah. Oh. By numbers average. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's end this podcast so that I can turn my fan on because it's a hot as hell in here. <laughs> I'll talk Not to real. you guys. I'll talk to you later. Talk to everybody next week. Peace. Iowa everywhere.